you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You talk about a competitive maniac. I mean, that's who Joe Burrow is. Hey, everybody. It's Daniel Jeremiah from Move the Sticks. I'm Bucky Brooks, and this is Joe Burrow's 360. Burrow throws over the top, lofts it deep for a touchdown. Burrow keeps it, dives into the end zone. A touchdown run for the gunslinger, Joe Burrow. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. This is, it really is my favorite time of the year as we're getting close to the NFL draft and we crank out these 360 episodes. And if you're catching us for the first time, the way this works is we take a couple players every year and we do a deep dive. And I mean a deep dive. I'm talking about talking to to all kinds of folks to learn more about the player as well as we discuss kind of our own evaluation of the player. And this year, Buck, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, coming off arguably the best season we've ever seen from a college quarterback and the likely number one overall pick with the Cincinnati Bengals, barring a trade. Uh, but we have uh, we have done more work on this episode in terms of guests than I think anyone we've ever done. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we have a ton of people coming on. We're going to talk to Jimmy Burrow, who is his dad, but a longtime defensive coordinator in college football. Urban Meyer joins us, uh, national championship head coach, coach at Ohio State. Uh, we'll talk to his LSU teammates. Kirk Herbstreet joins us. Jordan Palmer, renowned quarterback guru, joins us. And we also will talk to the man himself, Joe Burrow. Well, before we get to our first guest here, Buck, just off the top, the first uh, impression you had of Joe Burrow this year, I would say uh, probably that the LSU game, primetime game, um, the LSU-Texas game, I should say, was the coming out party for Joe Burrow. Burrow right back at it, into the end zone, and Jefferson is there, and Burrow with the quick strike, and LSU trying to put this thing in a hammerlock just before the half. Yeah, it absolutely was a coming out party. Um, Joe Burrow had arguably the best season that we've ever seen a quarterback have at the college level. Um, Everything that he did from beginning to end just suggested that he was a dominant player. When you watch the poise, the charisma, the toughness, um, not to mention the way that he played the position, uh, he looked like a superstar. And I think um, you just typically don't see people have this kind of jump in production and performance from one year to the next. But Joe Burrow is special, and he showed special skills and special traits uh, throughout the season leading LSU to the national title. And I, I, I just think when you just look at the way that he plays and the confidence that he plays with, on top of the intangible qualities that we've learned about him, he's just a phenomenal player. And you would think that his success um, as a collegiate all-star is going to translate very, very well to the next level. Yeah, I think when you look at what he does well, it's uh, vision is his superpower. And this year, getting more guys out into the route. Uh, previously, it was a lot of, of six-man protection, even some seven-man protection in 2018. and 2019, over 80% of the snaps, Buck, they were getting everybody out. Five-man protection, let him see and survey the field, make good decisions, and accurately throw the football. And, uh, and he did it at such an elite level. I don't know that we've seen anything like it. So uh, Joe Burrow, fun player to study. And we've got a chance now to visit with some people that can give us a greater insight into the LSU quarterback, starting with his father, Jimmy Burrow. Jimmy, a longtime collegiate coach, defensive coordinator, uh, played at Nebraska. There's a, there's a long family history with the Nebraska Cornhusker program, as you're going to learn as we go through this episode. But here's our conversation with Jimmy Burrow. How did the lessons learned there at Nebraska help you pass on some knowledge to Joe Burrow when he came to it? How did you pass that on to your sons? Well, there, there's a, a, a Nebraska way, so to, so to speak. Uh, you know, you don't you don't do a lot of talking uh, uh, when, when you're playing and, and when you're coaching. There, there's not a lot of uh, a bad language going around. The the uh, as far as the playing field, just you know that's typical of uh, coach Osborne. So my co- coaching philosophy uh, played out a, a, a lot because of, of the things I learned from, from uh, coach Osborne. And then certainly uh, uh, when I would coach my, my older boys, I coached both of them uh, a few years in high school. Uh, you know, you just tend to, to teach and, and preach the way that coach Osborne did. And that's to respect your opponent, uh, but, but play, play with confidence and, and uh, certainly play to win. But, it, it's not, it's it's not the uh, the end of the world if you do lose. He was always trying to teach lessons uh, when when we did uh, lose. There weren't many losses, but uh, same thing with Joe. Just uh, uh, growing up, tried to to get him to uh, 
to, to respect, uh, you know, coaches, respect players that he played against, be a great teammate. And again, those are all things that are uh, pretty much uh, uh, in the culture at, at Nebraska at the whole time I was there and the whole time Coach Osborne coached. Coach, I'm curious, having older brothers like Joe did that, that were successful college players, what was that, that competitiveness like uh, with them, with the brothers, and how much did that toughen him up? I know as a younger brother, uh, having older brothers, that toughens you up a little bit. Well, they always made sure that uh, he, he knew to play the game physical and, and uh, uh, to, to be a great competitor. And, you know, they, they were all uh, – we were all defensive players, but – Maybe that's the reason some sometimes people say Joe plays quarterback like a like a linebacker because he he uh, learned uh, from from our experiences on, on defense. He did like to to play defense also. Uh, I think that was uh, growing up. That was because of of the, the family tree and uh, on defense. He even tried to get Coach Meyer to when he wasn't uh, actually playing quarterback as a backup. He tried to get uh, uh, Kerry Combs, the special teams coordinator, and Coach uh, Meyer to let him run down on kickoff. So uh, I think just growing up and being in a football family and, and uh, listening to the stories uh, with, with Jamie and Dan and, and, of course, me as a coach uh, really uh, helped him kind of evolve into the player that he is. How important was it for you to make sure that he played multiple sports growing up? Well, there's all kind of different uh, physical movements in, in, in the, the, the different sports, baseball, basketball, and football. I think that's multiple sports help you develop uh, – uh, into whatever one you you eventually uh, choose to play in in this case uh, uh, football uh, it just was another uh, lesson to him uh, growing up to how to how to be a great teammate in in those different sports and I think really the the number one thing was you, you never know which which sport you're going to to end up being the best in I mean we we thought Joe was going to be a basketball player a lot of people thought uh, his best sport was actually baseball and then all of a sudden. Uh, you, you end up a football player. So I think that's important just to kind of find your way. And, and then the last thing uh, I think is just to, just to make sure that you don't have a lot of idle time. I mean, Joe, uh, he loves, loves playing video games. So, you know, that growing up, you're always saying, hey, you're playing too much video game. But when you're, when you're a multiple sport player, that, that limits a lot of that time when you're just uh, downstairs playing video games. So I think that all adds up to, to really being a positive. I know as a coach when I'm recruiting someone I loved it when they were multiple sports uh, uh, players and and basketball I used to go to many basketball games to watch uh, watch a young man play and you can tell a lot uh, about his competitive spirit as, as well as his athletic ability from watching other sports coach what were those conversations like between you and Joe uh, when when he's you know having to wait there at Ohio State you know and, and having to, to sit and how do you keep him from being frustrated and still focusing on trying to get better each and every day when you're not getting out there on the game field? Yeah, that was that was uh, kind of frustrating for for Joe and you know his parents. Uh, his mom and I uh, certainly felt his his frustration when we would talk to him on the phone. So uh, as as parents, just tried to keep him upbeat, tell him that he would get an opportunity at some point to to remain confident. And I think uh, that's where his older brothers, Jamie and Dan, too, had had the influence he would be on the phone with those guys and and uh, uh, you know Jamie had to wait his turn at at Nebraska behind uh, uh, Jay Foreman and Carlos Pope to, to play and so their experiences uh, really really helped Joe through it uh, yeah it was it was uh, not a fun time but uh, during that time I, I think Joe 
his patience eventually paid off because he was a good team player. He developed a lot of great friendships and still stays in touch with, with a lot of those guys, plus the coaches. I mean, they respected the way he handled that whole situation. You know, so coach, he, he makes the decision to go to LSU, um, new team, new environment. What advice did you give him along the way so he could handle um, being the leader of a new squad? Well, we, we talked a lot about, uh, you know, not, not going in there and, and try to overdo it, not, not go in there. And he was never a, a big talker anyway, but just, uh, you know, my advice, uh, knowing that we had experienced that at, at the, the places I had uh, coached, people coming in, and if they'll just work hard and earn uh, the team's respect by, by working hard and kind of keeping a low profile uh, initially until, again, you kind of uh, make your presence known. I, I think those were, were things that, that he took to heart when we talk about it. And, you know, I've read uh, different uh, things over the, the past couple of years where that's exactly what he did. He, he, he worked hard. Uh, he, he won the sprints when he could. He, he uh, did everything, worked hard extra pra- after practice and, and uh, was, a, was a good team member in the locker room, but not to the point where, hey, I just came from Ohio State. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy here. He, he knew he had to earn, earn that respect and earn that position, which he eventually did. Uh, you know, maybe put the father hat to the side, put your football coach hat on. What do you attribute the just enormous leap you saw from Joe this year? Well, we always uh, thought, uh, especially from the first year a young man played, whether it was his freshman year or sophomore year, there is a great amount of, uh, of improvement just from the experience factor to that second year. And Joe hadn't played football really uh, in a game very much for, for three years. So uh, that first year was a was a learning experience i mean he he didn't even know some of the guys names i don't think uh, by, by the time they they rolled into camp in the in the summer so that was a tough deal and uh he pretty much went went through everything you could possibly uh, go through that that one year his first year at lsu playing alabama and getting shut out uh you know playing those those tough teams and finding a way to win seven overtimes so all that adds up to really confidence that kind of started showing in the in the fiesta bowl and then they come in uh, with joe brady and and coach insmanger and they decide to retool the offense and you know they had done that at uh, athens high school when joe became a sophomore because of joe's ability and and his teammates around him that were all uh, great receivers so they put in basically the same offense that you saw at lsu so when when joe found out that that's what they were going to do. They were going to spread you out. They were going to go up tempo. They were going to uh, uh, go to no backs. That was just in in, the, in Joe's uh, wheelhouse. And and then, uh, so he was fired up about that from the start. He was fired up about Joe Brady because JT Barrett uh, had had played under him at New Orleans and had given him a, a thumbs up uh, before uh, before uh, uh, Joe Brady even even met Joe Burrow. So. Uh, there was a lot going into it, and then and then you had uh, getting those guys in in space, the great receivers because of that offense, giving Joe more uh, more responsibility at the at the line of scrimmage, and, and his confidence just uh, continued to grow uh, every game as as well as that team. But as a coach, I mean, I'm I'm up there watching uh, from a from a defensive uh, standpoint, trying to figure out what I would do and they you know I, I didn't have any better answers than anybody else uh, either but it was it was it was a fu- it was a fun thing to, to watch that I mean you could go down player by player at, at each position and, and each unit 
and just so much improvement with that whole team individually and collectively as a team was pretty amazing. You know, Coach, leaning on your defensive background, it has to be advantageous for Joe to be able to pick up the phone or sit across from you and just kind of talk about uh, defense and coverage and schemes. Uh, How much does being a coach's son benefit Joe, just from your estimation and your experience? Well, I I think it does. I mean, uh, I didn't like making sit down and watch film but but a lot of times uh, starting in third grade I might not be able to see the games or I didn't see a lot of them uh, when they, they did play at Ohio University third fourth fifth and sixth grade so uh, my office was uh, overlooking the stadium I'd get a chance to watch and then I hired uh, our video guy to to film upstairs uh, the game <laughs> j- just like uh, he was the Bobcats so that was an advantage and, and if I were home uh, on a Thursday night I'd say hey, Joe you want to watch the the film and and most of the time he did i didn't make him i didn't you know, grind him out uh, you know like maybe i would one of my old players in a, in a film session but we talked about coverage uh, we talked about hey why'd you make that throw uh, maybe you shouldn't have made that particular uh, read and and that continued all the way uh, through high school and then just just joe watching how hard uh it, 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 what kind of a work ethic it took not only to, to be a player but to be a coach I think that all kind of added up and, and to be an advantage to being a, a, the son of a, of a football coach well not only did he have the advantage of having a father who coached but a father who played and a father who went and played professional football what, what have you told him about this next step this is another whole level now you're getting ready to take on and that's that's exactly what I told him it's a it's a, uh, it's, a it's a new level it's a different level uh, you, you can't expect uh, uh, success just because you had success at, at LSU. Uh, there's a learning curve that goes to any position, especially uh, quarterback, and and uh, you just got to put in the, the work that it's going to take, the extra film uh, session and uh, film study like he did in, in uh, college. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot different. Even, even throwing the NFL football, I was with him the first day that – but he actually threw it, and and uh, uh, you know he said, "Hey, this this is a little different." He's he's feels really good uh, with it now. But little things like that, and and then uh, uh, it does become more of a business, and and all those things, uh, as you said, just just uh, takes it to a whole nother level as a as a player. Coach, I can't let you go without talking about Joe's competitiveness. Do you have any stories from his childhood that would kind of illustrate his competitive spirit? Well, he he. He definitely never liked to lose, and uh, uh, I've, I've spoken about this this particular incident one other time. And it's not a it's not one of my favorite uh, uh, parenting things because it involves sportsmanship. But he had a, a baseball game championship. Uh, his uh, one of the the twins that were uh, basically his best friends. They they did every sport with him. I recruited him to uh, Ohio University. They're the starting two tight ends there now. But we were walking off the field and. And I saw one of the twins just drop his second place trophy in the in the, uh, the garbage can, and and his his parents kind of got on him. And I'm thinking, well, at least Joe's not not doing that. And then so I got home, and he went upstairs, wasn't saying very much. And so I walked upstairs, and uh, we we're going to talk a little about you know the game, maybe pump him up a little. And he he had dismantled the second team trophy, <laughs> so uh, I, I didn't do much better than. Uh, and the other guys as far as teaching sportsmanship but just hated to lose and and he's been very fortunate in high school and in and in college to be surrounded by 
a great group of teammates, and and that was a, a big part of this year too. Is just their uh, their willingness to to do whatever it takes, their will to win, and 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 how bad they they really hated to lose. And uh, you know that kind of played out. They didn't even have to experience a loss this year, but they learned a lot from from those last year. But he's always been a competitor. Uh, we had some uh, uh, Christmas time uh, ping pong uh, games with the family, and and uh, even even now. Uh, uh, we, we'll still get down there if we all get together and play some ping pong. Well, Buck, the competitiveness, uh, when you talk about dismantling that second-place baseball trophy, I, I can't get enough of that. No, I, 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 I can't get enough. And I also think the influence that um, Jimmy Burrow's experience at Nebraska had on the way that he um, brought Joe up in terms of like the way that he played, the confidence that he played with, but also the humility. Um, you talk about the competitiveness, all those things are there. And all those things are typically common traits that are kind of transcend elite athletes. The best players love winning and they hate to lose. And I think we certainly see that when we see things from Joe Burrow. Well, as we mentioned, this, uh, this Nebraska tie with the Burrow family runs deep. It's not just his father. Um, also got two older brothers with experience playing playing there at Nebraska, including Dan. And I uh, had a chance to sit down and visit with him uh, about his little brother, Joe. Can you give me an example of just beating up on your little brother, Joe, at some point in time? Because I know this toughness, it has to be a responsibility of older brothers. Yeah, well, Jamie and I certainly like to take some credit for it. But truth be told, you know, I was 15 when Joe was born. He was 18. So it really would have been an unfair, you know, matchup at the time. But, um, you know, as Joe got older and was able to, you know, actually play competitively, um, it was very clear, you know, that he was talented. And um, it wasn't long before he was hanging there right with us. I'm curious how that Nebraska football culture that your family was so tied into with yourself, your brother, your father, um, that the toughness that was maybe instilled in you guys there and, and, uh, and how that carried down to Joe. Yeah, you know, I think it just all started from the top. You know, it started, you know, my first memory is, uh, you know, going to football practice with my dad, uh, going to watch my brother, you know, practice football, basketball. And then just from from very little, you know, I just remember watching my big brother and he was a kind of a a stud out there on the field, tough, hard nosed kid um, that I just looked up to. And then, you know, that kind of set the stage for me and I think you know maybe by some of the transitive property Joe just got that but um but yeah it's just kind of you know a long line of looking up to the older people in our family and just you know doing it the right way hard-nosed tough um and trying to be a leader what were the conversations like with Joe when Nebraska didn't come in and, and go after him and recruit him? I've talked to him a little bit about it. I definitely know there's some uh, there's an edge there, for lack of a better word. Yeah, uh, well, Joe's, you know, a man of few words, so there wasn't tons of conversation with Joe about it. Um, he didn't say a whole lot. Probably my, my older brother and I were, were a bit more vocal because, you know, that's all we wanted him to do. And for a long time, that's what he wanted to do. Um, but pretty quickly, you know, it, it, it wasn't really um, in the plans, uh, it didn't seem like. And then, you know, we thought we'd had another chance at it uh, a few years later after he de- decided to leave Ohio State. That unfortunately didn't work out. Um, but, you know, it all, it all you know, ha- had a reason. Baton Rouge was a special place. He made it work. Um, I think that's a bit of an understatement. So, you know, 
<laughs> at the time it was hard, <laughs> but looking back on it, you know, it all worked out. So we couldn't be more happy. Knowing the, the family dynamics and just the influences on Joe, how, how has he been able to stay grounded through one, you know, arguably the best college football season we've ever seen from a quarterback? One of the things that I always have been impressed with Joe is just, you know, his maturity, um, his composure, his decision-making process, um, his decision-making skills and, and really, you know, his leadership and, you know, kind of, that's what he's always done, you know, from the minute he got to Athens about, you know, taking control of that quarterback and just riding that ship and just really changing that path, going to Ohio State and then ultimately ending up at LSU. I mean, you know, he's he's doing what he's always done. And now to really have, you know, a third chance at at really doing it again. It, it's awesome. It's very exciting. When you when you think about the future and and what's in store for Joe, um, how equipped is he, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically uh, to handle the pressure and the challenges that are coming his way in the future here? I've never seen somebody approach the game like he does. And he's, he's cerebral. He's, he, he, he spends time just the way he approaches it. Um, I cannot wait to see Joe Burrow on the field next year and in the future. I think he has a very bright career, and um, it's just getting started. Well, Buck, again, I think you get a theme here. Once you start talking to people in Joe Burrow's life, you start learning about him as a competitor, as somebody that's really kind of been able to persevere and fight through things in his life. Yeah, look, he's a tough competitor, and I think um, that toughness is born out of uh, the way that his family grew up and the way that they handled adversity. Um, I don't think it's a surprise that he has been able to handle it um, with a level of grace and dignity and resilience. And so it comes not only from his brother, but it comes from his dad. I think he's just kind of wired the right way. Yeah, I think there's something to being the little brother, man. Uh, it just it, it makes you tougher. Um, and that's uh, that seems to be the case here with Joe Burrow as well. Uh, well, go back to Ohio State and do your homework on Joe Burrow, you find out some interesting things. And we've had a chance to do that with um, some former teammates as well as former coaches, including uh, arguably one of the top five coaches, I would say, in college football over the last 40, 50 years. I mean, Urban Meyer has done nothing but win at an extremely high level before walking away from the Ohio State program and had a front row seat to his time with Joe Burrow there in Columbus. And we had a great chance to visit with Urban Meyer. Early on, it was all about quarterbacks and wide receivers. That was what your expertise is. So I kind of want to take you down that road with these young quarterbacks, one that just came out in Dwayne Haskins and another one that people are talking about in Joe Burrow. When you look at those guys, what is it about them, their makeup or whatever, that allows them to be successful at the level that they are and the level that they will be at? Dwayne Haskins is our best quarterback ever to play at Ohio State. You know, and Dwayne was one of those guys, I used to call them spandex quarterbacks. And that's all they do is play, you know, seven on seven and, you know, put on the spandex and a headband and they think that's football. That's a good one. I like that. I'm, I'm stealing that one. But I'm stealing that. Joe was a little bit further behind. You know why? Joe was also Mr. Ohio in basketball. And they had a great team in the state championships. And, you know, he's just one of those all-purpose tough guy leaders. And so he maybe was not a spandex quarterback but became a great one because he worked so hard at it. Joe Burrell, it's, that's this is a no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. Now, he, can he throw as accurate as uh, Dwayne? Um, he's improved, but he, he wasn't that way. But his leadership skills, his toughness, his competitive, you talk about a competitive maniac. I mean, that's who Joe Burrow is. 
Buck, I thought the, the, the line comparing what you had previously there with Dwayne Haskins, and I love spandex quarterback, uh, comparing that with Joe Burrow and talking about Joe just being a maniac competitor and somebody that was playing all different sports. Um, it's something we talk about all the time on the Move the Sticks podcast, how much we love the multi-sport athlete. Yeah, I think it comes through in his play. I, th- I think one of the reasons why Joe Burrow has been such a talented quarterback and an elite performer is because of his basketball experience. We've had numerous coaches come on the podcast and talk about that, talk about the vision and how it translates, talk about just the competitiveness and the cooperation that you have to have to be an elite basketball player. Well, Joe Burrow has that. He's played at a high level on the hardwood. I think that uh, those experiences have helped him become an elite player on the gridiron. And I think it's one of those things that you want to continue to dig into when you think about why he is the way that he is. Uh, the multi-sport background certainly helps. Well, when you talk about somebody's competitiveness, sometimes you need an example. And Exhibit A with Joe Burrow would be this video that really went viral on uh, social media, which was a, a competition drill at Ohio State, a mat drill uh, involving a tire. This video went viral, and Bucky, you got a chance to talk to J.K. Dobbins, Jordan Palmer, and Chase Young about it. The tire drill is, is it's a, a drill that Coach Mick does. He surrounds the team at the end of a mat drill. You know, the, the team, the whole team is watching. And he'll call two people up, and they'll go against each other. And he called Joe Burrow up, and he actually called another a bigger body, like, up against him. And his shoe comes off. He's, he's fighting. Like, he, 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 start, he started off, and the guy was beating him. And he comes back, and his shoe's all off, and he still, he, you can see the fierce competitor in him at the end when he beats the guy. You know, it's pretty hype. I just think that's a testament to competitiveness, and it's easy to say, right? Like, he's ripping the tire out of the guy's hands, and he wants it more than the other guy. We don't know who that other guy is, right? He lost his shoe. He battled through it. Cool. Um, I, I just think if you are a competitor, then it's in every phase, right? I work with young players. I say, if you are comp- if you call yourself a competitor, you better be competing in the classroom. You can't pick and choose where you want to compete, right? You can't just say, well, I, I'm really good at running sprints in the offseason with my buddies. That's easy. Like, do you compete in every phase? Um, and with Joe, I, I see it. I mean, it, he got his master's. I mean, when you get your master's and you know you're going to the league, you're, you're not doing it to further your education and set yourself up for success to go sell insurance down the road. Like, that's not why you're doing it. You're doing it because, well, if I have a chance to get my master's and no one else is, I want to do it. Is that common for a quarterback to jump in and be asked to participate in that stuff? No. But Joe, a different dude. <laughs> <laughs> Well, DJ, here's the thing. Like, um, the ultimate sign of respect that a quarterback can get from his teammates is to really feel like he's one of the guys. And I think uh, the reaction that you heard from Dobbins and Young, he was – Joe Burrow was treated like one of the guys. He was respected because of the feistiness, the resilience, the toughness, all of those things. And then when Jordan Palmer just talks about how he's just wired that way to be competitive and to want to – succeed in every aspect whether it's on the field or off the field I think the Matt drill story just kind of like highlights that it highlights who he is and what he is as a competitor I love it I mean 
I always talk about that Steve Young line, right? You know, over my dead body, are we going to lose this game? That type of competitiveness, and that shows up in, in every drill that he's done, both there and at, at LSU. So stories we heard there as well. Uh, speaking of LSU, Buck, you also had a chance to catch up with the, a quartet of his teammates there with the Tigers. When you're talking about uh, a running back in Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, a tight end in Thaddeus Moss, a receiver in Justin Jefferson, and an edge rusher in Caleb Von Chason. Uh, here's your conversation with his four LSU teammates. Your quarterback, Joe Burrow, is, is something remarkable. This may have been the finest football season that we've seen from a college football quarterback. Yep. Uh, what makes Joe Burrow so special? The way the way he the way he analyzes things and the way he prepares, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, Joe was <laughs> Joe was a guy who was in the facility sitting in the morning and and leaving after everybody else. Uh, he is he is the ultimate uh, court NFL quarterback, and that is that's how he that's how he displayed himself, uh, you know, through college, and he's going to continue to do it. So how how because obviously you were there at LSU the entire time. Joe kind of shows up. Uh, a season ago, it's it's uncommon for a transfer to kind of come in and be a starter right away. How did he earn the respect of his teammates quickly? The biggest thing, uh, <laughs> I think that, that that caught everybody by surprise. Devin White was 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 chirping at him at a, at practice, uh, and Joe started you know Joe started coming back at him, and ultimately a guy who's uh, pretty much just transferred in and has you know he has the he he, he had that leadership role immediately. Uh, and he showed, you know, he's, he's not scared of anything. And Devin ultimately was doing it to make, you know, to make sure, you know, this is the guy that we want to play quarterback. And from that point on, everything just took off. It's funny that you, you bring up Devin White because Devin White, to me, they told me he, he was kind of the godfather down there in terms of like, he had to bless everybody before they were kind of brought into the fold. And so when Joe uh, goes and does that, it also speaks to his competitiveness. How competitive mm-hmm. is Joe Pearl? probably the most competitive person that that you'll ever meet uh and you know for the most part he'll he'll sit back and, and not really say anything but when that when it's when it's time and that, and that ball's on the field it's on so it's funny because man and watching a bunch of your games and, and watching you guys go this on this magic run to the national title you would see games where it wasn't necessarily that the game was hanging in the balance but y'all had some nip and tuck affairs that were kind of physical and at some point you need a guy to make it play it seemed like he was one of the catalysts to you guys being able to make plays. Like, where does that come from? Is he calm in the huddle? How is he in those critical situations? I think we we probably had the most calm huddle or just, you know, calm demeanor about our offense. We were just out there having fun. Um, and being able to being able to have that guy who, you know, if he needed to, uh, take over, make a play, run the ball, wasn't scared to get hit, uh, that's something that's, that's, that's rare in a quarterback. It is, it is kind of rare. You know the thing is rare? It's rare to see how much you guys genuinely loved him. Oh, yeah. uh, one of the things that stood out is when he would get awards or honors on the field, you guys would be right there, like, genuinely supporting him. And sometimes that doesn't happen. So it must be something special about him and the connection that you guys have. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, we, we don't look at each other as teammates. Uh, ultimately, in that locker room, we were, we were brothers. And that's just that's just how the mold of it is. Uh, and, and you can tell, you know, him coming into Louisiana, and understanding, you know, it's it's different down south. Um, Southern hospitality is real, and I think it was, I think it was more more intense in that locker room, and us understanding, you know, we need to come together, and we we have this guy who's who's ultimately gonna gonna mesh it all. You know, a lot of the this conversation surrounding Joe Burrow, it, it kind of revolves around his competitiveness. Um, 
Give an example of the competitive nature of Joe Burrow that you've witnessed. I mean, I'll just I'll just keep it easy. The hits that he took, the hits that he took during the season, uh, you know, he embraces them. He will not slide. He's a quarterback that will not slide. No matter what everybody says, you need to start sliding. He won't slide. He likes taking a hit. Um, probably the biggest one was the Auburn uh, Auburn game on the sideline. He's running on the sideline, and a dude cleans him. Uh, I think it was a penalty, but a dude cleans him, and he gets right back up. It was a hard hit, too. But he got right back up with a smile on his face and, like, embraced it. And, you know, the team just not like, we just naturally rally around, you know, rally around him. Um, you know, being at LSU, physicality and toughness is, is naturally in our DNA. Um, but, yeah, after that hit, you know, everybody just rallied around him. It's funny because you talk about his competitiveness and then it naturally kind of veers to his leadership ability. What kind of leader is Joe Burrow? He's one of the best leaders I've been around. Uh, you know, everybody just naturally, just naturally, um, you know, follows him. And he can do it. He'll, he'll lead by example, uh, you know, in the season in the weight room during the, during the game. And he'll be vocal when he needs to be vocal. I think the best I think the best story of him and his leadership is when he first got to LSU. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people felt some type of way when he got there because we had some quarterbacks transfer and stuff. So some guys felt some type of way. And we had a player, a players only meeting. And he got up in front of the, he got up in front of the team and was like, hey, guys, look, you know, if I'm your starting quarterback, OK, but if I'm the second, three, second string, third string quarterback, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help you all win foot, help this team win football games. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm starting or I'm on the bench. You know, I'm going to give you give you all everything I got. And ever since that day on, everybody was like, okay, like, we like him, you know, and we're, and we're rolling with him from there. Burrow to the corner. Touchdown LSU. It's Justin Jefferson. Uh, talk a little bit about him. What makes him so special? His leadership, his leadership and his work ethic. Um, just, you know, staying after practice and uh, getting those extra reps or, you know, meeting up on Saturdays and having uh, more routes to run. So um, just him coming in and uh, being that, that guy from Ohio, just, you know, not knowing anybody and then coming in and running our team. So uh, he did a great job in uh, last season and he brought us a national championship. It's funny. So you talk about him coming from Ohio, not knowing anyone, but earning your respect. What was it about him? How did he go about earning you guys' respect? Joe had that swagger, um, just that that confidence uh, that he had. And, uh, I mean, we were confident in him as well. So um, him every game just being focused and um, just not showing any fear, just not being nervous, uh, that helped us out as a, as a team. And uh, just having that confidence with him and uh, going into that game and knowing that he's going to put those throws exactly where you want them. It is funny because I – you could tell you guys really, really liked him because when he would get awards and honors, when you would see the reaction of the teammates, it seemed like you guys were all in. Like, oh, yes. Was there a genuine affinity for him? Did you guys really respect him and all the things? Because sometimes that situation can be different. Like right. People are envious, but it seemed right. like you guys genuinely liked him and cared about oh, him. Oh, yes. Uh, we all love Joe. Um, just from him, I, I especially have that connection with him because we kind of came from the you know same background, just not being highly recruited, um, just being one of those those talented players that you know don't have that that high rise like you know most people do. So, uh, just him being kind of like me, and uh, just seeing him uh, receive those awards, and you know, just being with me to win these uh, games and winning the national championship. So, uh, we are definitely excited for him. What makes him a special player? How was he able to kind of earn you guys' respect so quickly at LSU? So, when Joe when Joe came. We had we had two other quarterbacks that transferred going in that fall camp, and 
um, especially just going into the season where a lot of things were changing for us, for the team and wondering. But when, when all that was going on, Joe just talked to the team. This was, look, man, I'm not here to be anybody's um, competition, anybody's anybody's enemy. But I'm here just for you guys. I'm here for these. I'm here for the same reason you guys are here. I want to win. I want to feed my fan. I want to get to the next level. And I don't mean anything to any harm, any personal to to anybody that has any personal feelings towards me. But uh, at, at, at the end of the day, I just met you guys. But you guys are my brothers, and I'm trying to do everything with y'all. I bleach you guys the same way. And um, when it comes to the weight room and on the field, uh, Joe's one of the Toughest guys, if not the toughest on, in the weight room and on the field, as far as when I say that, anytime is anytime anything's going on, let's say it's a physical fight between the offense and D line, Joe was head first trying to get in there. So when it's just say he's all about us and he's a he's a brother, and no matter how many accolades he get, he's always been the most humble person possible. Who's a better basketball player, you or Joe? By far, me. I mean, Joe was. Joe, Joe, was all Joe state. is exceptional. Joe was all state. I mean, I know you took some time off like in high school and you played, but Joe, Joe was all state. Joe is exceptional, but I'm great. Like I'm, I'm telling you, if I get in the gym, I look like I have 23 on my. So, okay, so now when I when I looked at the little thing, y'all had the little shoot off. Was that the semifinals? Yeah. The semifinals. You, right, right. Did they have you in the lineup? They just have. Yeah. I, wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out. I was in the lineup. I scored the. The second most points behind Joe. Okay, but, they, they, on Twitter they yeah. only put the Joe thing. So Everybody wants sure. to see the quarterback, okay, so that's what it sure. is. They, I'll, I'll no, just make sure. I'll just make sure. They don't count. Okay, so you, you said between you and him that that, that you would win, but Joe is very competitive. Talk a little bit about his competitiveness. Like, you sure you? I mean, he's a competitor. Oh man, that I mean, obviously his competitiveness is up there. I mean, we all watched the UCF game when that happened, and and then he came to the sideline fired up. And another game I remember this year was Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt game, uh, we didn't have obviously we didn't handle like we wanted to. We felt like we did a little more, but um, it was a, it was a bunch of talking going out there. And Joe just he's in that mix too. He's not afraid <laughs> to get in there. He, you, every, if you ever watch Joe play, he's not trying to slide. He's trying to put his head down. He's trying to get gain them yards, and that's something that obviously you wanted in the quarterback. And um, it's something that kind of scares you a little bit. But um, <laughs> thankful for the mindset and it got us where we were. You know, DJ. What I love about Joe Burrow's connection with his LSU teammates um, and watching him and observing not only what they said, but the way they light up when they talk about him and the way that they really lit up whenever he would win an award on the field, whether it's being uh, MVP at uh, the playoff game or the way that he was kind of praised after winning the national championship game. You could see the reaction of his teammates a genuine gratitude and appreciation for what he's accomplished and that's uncommon and what to me that does it speaks to his connectivity the way that he earned their respect the way that he continued to nurture those relationships the way that they are pleased to see him succeed and in an unselfish way and I think that is maybe one of the best qualities that he has his connectivity and chemistry and rapport with his teammates the fact that they revere him not just because of what he does on the field but how they respect him as a player and a person Buck I, I just think when you when you get a chance to visit with teammates that's when you learn about guys and I go back to my time in, in, as a scout and you know, when you get to the combine interviews, you bring in the player, you know, asking a player, hey, what kind of leader are you on a scale of one to ten? I mean, every kid says a ten. It's completely worthless, right? 
The way you find out about how guys are as leaders, you bring in their teammates and you ask their teammates about them. And that's what we've had the opportunity to do in visiting uh, your sit-downs with these Ohio State teammates and with these LSU teammates. And I think you get a very clear picture of what Joe Burrow is, both as a as a leader and as a competitor. And I think it's a great insight uh, that we're able to get from these conversations. Uh, another person with insight into Joe Burrow, somebody who's called a bunch of his games this past season, uh, somebody who is a former Buckeye, knows that program at Ohio State extremely well, and uh, I think has a real, real pulse on what makes Joe Burrow tick is Kirk Herbstreet. And I was fortunate enough to have a chance to visit with Herbie about Joe Burrow, and here's that chat. Is last year the best college football season you've ever seen from a quarterback and what Burrow did? Because I normally we talk about it like, okay, in the, in the draft room, you'd say, okay, watch this game, this game, this game. All right, give me a bad game to watch. I'm like, bad game? Like, I can't find, like, bad drives or series with this kid this year. There's no bad tape. Dude, it's amazing. It's, he's he's He just I, – I started to run out of things to say. Like, you know, <laughs> what – it's like when Tiger Woods was in his prime, it's like, he's really good. Again, there he is. I mean, this kid, and, and there have been some, I've covered some great players in doing this for a long time, but it was, it was a perfect storm, right? It was the, the combination of Joe Brady bringing that, that same system to New Orleans or to Baton Rouge. So you had that element. You have a veteran fifth-year quarterback who is a gym rat when it comes to preparation. Like, this kid is a – I'm not putting a Tom Brady label on him, but yeah. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady type. He's at the facility preparing on Sunday. They just won by 40 to get yesterday. He's on Sunday. He's there for eight hours looking at the next game. They give him a test on Monday. Brady would give him a test on Monday because he got so much information into, into his mind on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the first kind of step of getting ready for Mississippi State or whoever they're playing is, is Monday. He's there. He's like a coach. He was a coach that played quarterback in his fifth year. He knew the answers to every question. And, and when you throw in his ability to work full field progression, he's just boom, 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 boom. And, and I don't care if you're a man, you're showing man, you're going to quarters, whatever you do. This guy was like, oh, you might give me once, but I'm going to get you the next time. I think Burrow, you're right, he's not a guy that wows people um, with the arms that the NFL has. But if he gets – if I were drafting him, if the Bengals draft him, yeah, it would be crazy – not to look and evaluate and study like you can't draft him without bringing that system correct to your, to your team. You know, don't, don't think, oh, no, no, he'll adjust to our system. No, 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 no. Go bring that system, whether mm-hmm. you know it or not. Find somebody that does with him, um, and and let him turn him loose because that that kid in that system is as good as there is. High, you know, college or pro. I've never seen a guy with this. Um, killer instinct of wanting to not just beat you but like steal your soul from you like he wants to god he wants to ruin everything about you and the defensive coordinator like he takes it so personally um the battle that week's battle against whoever it is and all guys are competitive all guys want to win but this guy borderline like arrogant borderline like man were you okay as a kid? Like, like, <laughs> like a mean dude in a good way. If he's your quarterback, it's great, but he's going to ruffle some feathers in the NFL. If he keeps 
playing and, and with that attitude, with success, mm-hmm. people are going to want to see him hit a yeah. lot if you're yeah. playing against him. I personally love it because I, I kind of like that that, that edge that he plays with. But um, it'd be interesting to see how that flies in the NFL. Yeah, Buck, you know, when you get a chance to talk with folks, it's it's sometimes, you know, there's disagreement on this and that and you argue and you debate. I don't think there's any debate, and I think Herb Street, the way he mentioned it, I don't know that we've seen a season quite like this one uh, that he just had. And I, I've joked. I mean, I'm trying to find bad games. Crap, I'm trying to find bad drives and bad series with, with the way he played last year. He was phenomenal. Uh, we talked about it. We talked about there not being another college quarterback that has played better in a single season than Joe Burrow. And I, I think it's one of those things where you just have to uh, respect the guy. Because after a while, you want to say, oh, is he one year one and he's just hot? But when you do it over the um, – the time that he did it against the teams that he did it, you have to give him his respect for for playing at a high level and thinking that he can sustain that level is surrounded by the right uh, teammates, the right environment. And so very, very impressive. One of the more impressive seasons that I've ever seen. I agree. Uh, one of the most respected names when it comes to quarterbacks is Jordan Palmer. And for those that don't know, Jordan Palmer, Carson Palmer's brother, uh, Jordan had a, a long career as a backup in the National Football League, but has now transitioned into training some of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm talking about guys, he's worked with guys like Deshaun Watson, uh, the recent guys like uh, Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. He's worked with Patrick Mahomes. He's he's worked with all kinds of quarterbacks over the last, uh, I'd say, five to seven years. And he's now been spending a lot of time training and working with Joe Burrow. So it was great when you had a chance to catch up with Jordan and get his take on Joe Burrow. You talked about Joe, Joe Barrow coming and being a part of your QB Summit last summer, connecting with him. And, look, he has a magic carpet ride, one that you predicted because you called your shot when you came on our program in September. So I want you to listen to this clip and then react to it coming off of it. A guy that I'm fired up on I think is going to have a massive year as Joe Burrow at LSU. Mm-hmm. This dude has horses in the huddle with him. He's got a favorable schedule. This was one of the top recruits, went to Ohio State. The only reason, well, the story of him leaving Ohio State is he got hurt and Dwayne Haskins, the greatest quarterback in Ohio State history, came in and replaced him. Okay, so this guy, he's not a bounce around, got beat out by Strubs, right? Um, He started off, struggled the first part of last year, and they got their rhythm on offense. The second half of the year, they rolled. Spent some time with him this offseason. I was blown away by him in person. His dad's been a defensive coordinator in college football, D1, uh, for over a dozen years, he knows more than the average guy his age. Um, and from and it's a senior year from a confidence standpoint. This guy thinks they can win the national championship, and I believe him. So I actually think Joe Burrow is an interesting guy to watch. He had a big statistical day the other day, but it's early in the season. Um, but, man, he's got an opportunity this week versus the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, I think with, with Joe, the writing was on the wall for me. Now, as I mentioned, I, I haven't known this kid since, since he was little. Um but my eye goes to two things, and I get a different vantage point than the typical scout who just gets to mm-hmm. watch tape. Um, but my eye goes to two things. When you're talking about picking players at the top of the draft, not finding diamonds in the rough, when you're talking about the top guys and you're trying to sort through the top four, four or five guys, my eye goes to two things. It goes, one, to confidence. I believe there's two types of confidence. There's reactionary confidence, where if everything's going awesome, I mm-hmm. believe in myself. Yeah. And if everything's going terrible, I start to wonder if everyone else is right. Right. The second part of confidence, uh, the second type of confidence is uh, self-generated confidence. So the environment and what's happening around me is completely irrelevant. I'm generating my own confidence, and I believe what I believe about myself. 
the next layer of that is unwavering self-generated confidence where I believe those things about myself, but it also does not matter what happens. I'm not, I'm not budging an inch on this. Um, Joe, out of all the guys I've been around, is probably the most confident. However you want to score it, probably the most confident guy I've been around. The second thing that I, my eye goes to is just maturity. It's really simple. We want to sit here and measure hands and 40 times and bench presses, and we're going to create new drills tomorrow for the combine. But the reality is, is if you can look under the hood and really determine how mature they are, the, and the case in point is, because you'd say, well, how do you know Joe's so mature? His life did not change in the last 12 months. It changed in the last three. Because here's the deal. He was somewhat irrelevant, right? Mm -hmm. He was the quarterback at LSU, but he, he wasn't, right. wasn't, wasn't Joe Burrow, right? It's pandemonium where we're out here in Orange County. Literally, across the, across the country, there's people freaking out when they see Joe Burrow. It wasn't like that. The whole season, he, got a, he just got his master's. So he was going from the dorm room to the facility every day. He, he didn't even get a chance to experience all the crazy stuff that was going on and how big it was getting, really until he got to the playoffs and the media stuff hit and then the national championship and the Heisman and all that stuff. So really, all of this is it's newer than everyone thinks. So when I say that he's as mature as anybody I've been around at this age, look at how he's handled it. He didn't buy into it. He, didn't, he hasn't gone off and changed a ton. He's just taken in what's happened, ha what's been happening around him, focused on the results of what's, of what's in front of him, and he just rolled for 15 weeks. You know, it is unique that a guy who, um, I guess, shows up at LSU the beginning of camp, his junior season, his redshirt junior season, has a season that is up and down kind of resets, recalibrates after going through a spring ball in the summer, gets with you in the summer, shows back up fall camp, and then absolutely smashes it. One of the best seasons that we've ever seen a, a quarterback have in college football history. Um, the old scout in me is trying to figure out what popped and what clicked. You've talked about the maturity, but from your vantage point on the outside in, what clicked for him that final season that enabled him to have the performance that he had? Well, I think he's definitely not putting words in his mouth. I think he's regarded himself as this type of player for a while now. I don't think he stumbled upon this. You don't, you don't luck into that year, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's not like he threw a ball for grabs every play and they scored touchdowns. That's not what happened. I think that he's believed this about himself for a while. You know, LSU, not this past season, the season four, 2018, I think they led the NCAA in drops. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong on that, but if they weren't, they were like second in drops, right? And so being the kind of program franchise changer guy that he is he's a catalyst type leader um they did a lot of different receiver drills and a lot he instead of just complaining about it or wanting new guys he raised the level of play these are the same we all talk about he's the same two and three star guys who are all what they got 16 guys here mm -hmm. right but on the offense i think he believes certain things about the guys in the huddle and he elevated their play um but if you look at the tape from 18 there's drops and there's balls thrown on the money and it just it didn't click right mm -hmm. it just it just I think he weathered the storm mature and didn't freak out after the 2018. Uh, the first half of the season was a lot uglier than the second half of the season. That's when I started to kind of see the momentum shift. And when you heard him talk about his guys, when I mentioned on the podcast in September, how he had horses in the huddle, those were his words. Mm. Those weren't mine. I didn't, I didn't know anything about LSU. Um, and so they just believed that they had, uh, they had all the pieces and really at LSU, I mean, it's, it's it's always been if they have a quarterback they're going to be great if they don't they're going to be you know middle right. of the pack or above middle of the pack if i had to bring you into a team and let you do the pre presentation on here's why joe burrow would be great for your franchise how would you respond 
Um, I would say he has a, a proven track record of dealing with adversity well. So you and I have talked about this. That's one of the things I, I go to. It can be from a tough childhood. It can be from an injury. It could be from family issues. Or it could be from feeling like you're better than the guy that they said he's going to start, not you, for whatever the reason was. Cool? And so how you, what you do with that, that's where I kind of my eyes go. Is like, All right, so what are you going to do now? All right? Sam Darnold this year, Mono, the Monday night debacle. That was our conversations. All right. How are, this is a rep at handling adversity. How are you going to get really good at handling adversity? Remove the emotion from what's actually happening. This is a rep. Cool? And came back and finished strong. So with Joe, I would say that this guy handles adversity well. The whole Ohio State thing, he turned lemons into lemonade mm-hmm. like we've never seen before. Like 60 of them. <laughs> right? And the other thing is that he did it not by running around and making plays he did it by buying into a system and getting others to buy in if you're tr- if you're picking high in the draft and you're trying to flip your franchise around i wouldn't get the strongest arm in nfl history i wouldn't get the fastest receiver in the combine history i get somebody who can buy in get others to buy in and is ready for adversity you know dj the the, the great thing about jordan palmer is jordan palmer has been around these elite quarterbacks the last few years and um, he hasn't steered us wrong when he talks about someone. He called his shot when he came on the program uh, early in the season and talked about Joe Burrow being a breakout star. And to continue to work with him and to shed light on the intangible qualities, the intelligence, the competitiveness, and just how he gets it at a higher level, um, I just can see why there's so many coaches around the league that have fallen in love with Joe Burrow, particularly after talking to him. All right, Buck, and now our very own Colleen Wolf and Andrew Hawkins doing great work at the Combine. They got a chance to catch up with Joe Burrow himself, um, and it was a very fascinating conversation touching on some interesting topics. Uh, here's that chat with Joe Burrow. Put into perspective this past season for you. Obviously, there were so many highs. I mean, just, just tell us kind of how that was for you. Yeah, the crazy thing is we kind of knew it was going to happen. You know, we were, when we talked about the national championship being in New Orleans, we talked about back in February when we won it, not if we were going to be there. Like, we would talk about, oh, it's going to be in New Orleans when we win it. It's going to be crazy after the game, like stuff like that. So you knew even before the season started that this was going to be the outcome? Back in February, March, we, we knew the work we were going to put in. We knew the kind of players we had. We knew the coaches we had. So football is obviously a big part of your DNA, your family. I mean, your dad was a defensive coordinator at Ohio University. Yeah. Your brothers played at Nebraska. Did you ever have a different dream other than the NFL? I, like, wanted, what to else? A, I wanted to be a basketball player first. Mm. You know, okay. Freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school, I thought I was going to be a basketball player. Um, and then all the, all the football offers started coming in, so I chose football instead. Did you get recruited for basketball at all? I could have played both at you know, a couple of schools that were recruiting me. Yeah they, yeah, they said I could play both. The comparisons right now are you and Tom Brady. Your response to that. Please don't, please don't compare me to the best player <laughs> of all time. All right, let me do my own thing. Don't do that to me, please. All right. It's, well, it's high praise, though. I it, mean, is, it is, it is, but uh, it's Tom Brady. Oh, Buck, I, I, get, I love listening to Burrow there. Even though he does not like he does not like being compared to the greatest of all time, understandable. Uh, talking about my comparison with him and Tom Brady, I'm not saying he is Tom Brady. I'm just saying when you watch him and you see him mechanically, uh, how similar they look and their strengths line up. Now the difference is being Tom much stronger arm, Joe's a better athlete. But uh, you know, look, I I wouldn't want to be compared to the greatest uh, of all time in my field either. So I I, I get where. Uh, why Joe Burrow doesn't like that. Yeah, I get it he doesn't like that, but there's something about the competitor in him 
that I'm sure kind of respects that. I think when we think about Tom Brady being the ultimate competitor, how he's been able to will his team to six Super Bowl wins, I think Joe Burrow would love to be in that conversation. And even though they're not necessarily the same stylistically, um, I do believe their heart, their competitiveness is kind of of the same uh, mindset. I think they kind of come from they come from the same cloth, and I could definitely see why those comparisons would be valid. It's been fun to visit with all these different folks about Joe Burrow. I think we kind of, as we are coming to a close here, Buck, I, I just, when I watch him, I, I kind of see it the same way that Herbstreit saw it in terms of if, if you draft Joe Burrow, and we've talked about this, you need to make sure you put him in a, in a scheme, in a position that he was in last year. You're going to be in a position where you get lots of guys out into the route, guys that can uncover, um, and he's going to be able to see the whole field, make the decisions, and, and distribute the ball accurately. I, I hope that's what happens. I hope that wherever he lands looks like Cincinnati. They're going to they're going to do what they did at LSU, and they're going to get everybody out into the route and let this guy carve people up. Look, it's what he's done from from high school. He's had the opportunity to, when you spread it and shred it and put it in his hands, he understands how to get it done. We talked about the basketball background allowing him basically to play fast break football from the pocket that's what Joe Burrow does and so if there's a team that's out there that's willing to give him the opportunity to get the ball in his hands and to put him with playmakers that can kind of run uh, I would say run the court he's gonna have success and so we'll see how it translates to the National Football League but man he checks off all the boxes when it comes to being a franchise quarterback yeah he's a very good player and again you're getting an ultimate competitor I hope that picture has been painted uh, throughout this episode today I do want to thank all all of our guests, and there were a bunch of them, uh, for joining us on the show. want to give a special shout-out to David Singer, our booker, who has been able to corral all these different people for us. Uh, we do appreciate that. Uh, Arjuna, Nabil, Mark, doing a wonderful job helping us uh, get this out to you guys. And you can check out all of our videos on NFL.com slash MTS video. And I should add also, you can check out the video version of this Joe Burrow episode where you can see these interviews uh, and get a chance to see some of the video we've been discussing. You can find that on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash NFL podcast. And be on the lookout for the Tua Tonga Vailoa episode. That is on the way. Uh, That's coming on the 16th. So just right around the corner, you can be on the lookout for that as well. All right, that's going to do it for us. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. Thank you so much for listening to Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 